Good morning and welcome to worship on this fourth Sunday after Epiphany. We are so glad you are joining us for this time of worship. Welcome to those who are viewing this worship via our OSL YouTube channel, those who are listening via our podcast, and those who are joining us on our radio broadcast this morning too. That radio broadcast today is sponsored by Kitty Cato. Thank you, Kitty, for sponsoring this vital and important ministry. Today in worship, we get to welcome Merlin Audi as our guest musician. Thank you, Merlin and Michaela, for that beautiful prelude for us to begin and prepare ourselves for worship today. I remind you that a bulletin for this service is available on our website at oslme.com on our worship page. In preparation for worship, I invite you to light a candle, to gather some bread and wine or juice to celebrate Holy Communion with us too a little later on in our service. We begin worship this day under the sign of the cross. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose voice is upon the waters, whose mercy is poured out upon all people, whose goodness cascades over all of creation. Amen. Let us pray as we confess our sin, trusting in the abundant grace of God. Holy God, you search us and know us. You are acquainted with all of our ways. We confess that our hearts are burdened by sin our own sins, and the broken systems that bind us. We turn inward, failing to follow your outward way of love. We distrust those who are not like us. We exploit the earth and its resources and fail to consider generations to come. Forgive us, gracious God, for all that we have done and all that we have left undone. Even before the words are on our tongues, you know them. Receive them in your divine mercy. Amen. How vast is God's grace. Through the power and promise of Jesus Christ, our sins are washed away, and we are claimed as God's own beloved. Indeed, we are forgiven. In the wake of God's forgiveness, we are called to be the beloved community, living out Christ's justice and the Spirit's reconciling peace. Amen. We join together now in singing our gathering hymn, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, hymn number 886. We sing verses 1 through 4 together.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Compassionate God, you gather the whole universe into your radiant presence and continually reveal your Son as our Savior. Bring wholeness to all that is broken and speak truth to us in our confusion that all creation will see and know your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We now welcome Denise Vick, Director of our Children and Family Ministry, who will share with us a children's message. Good morning, and welcome to the fourth Sunday of Epiphany. During Epiphany, we discovered Jesus teaching us to be God's love out in the world. In our lesson today, we hear from Jesus, who is just beginning to let others know that he's a man with authority, authority given to him by God himself. In the story today, he encounters a man with an unclean spirit. Let me read to you today's story from our World Story Bible from page 274, titled, Jesus Commands an Unclean Spirit. Jesus Commands an Unclean Spirit, Mark 1. 21 through 28. It was worship day in Capernaum. Jesus entered the synagogue and began to teach. Everyone in the crowd listened. Jesus is not like any other teacher we know, they said. A man who was filled with darkness and an unclean spirit began to yell at Jesus. I know who you are, Jesus. What are you doing here? Have you come to destroy us? The crowd gasped. No one had ever yelled in the synagogue. One by one, every head turned and looked at Jesus to see what he would do. Be silent, Jesus ordered. He commanded the spirit to come out of the man. One by one, every head turned and looked at the man. Then, with a shake and a shout, the spirit came out. The man was set free. The people were amazed. Hooray, they shouted. They couldn't stop talking about what Jesus had done. Did you see the man? Did you hear Jesus? Even unclean spirits obeyed Jesus. News of what happened in the synagogue spread all over town. Soon, everyone knew about Jesus. The Gospel of Mark wastes no time getting right to the story of Jesus' actions. Right away, Mark tells of Jesus' power to cast out unclean spirits. The story is a little confusing, but you must understand that in Jesus' day, an unclean spirit meant that someone was breaking one of the many religious laws. Unclean people were separated from their families and their communities, and that's where Jesus steps in. You see, Jesus healed people so that their community and their family would welcome them back in, right, back home. Jesus established himself as both a teacher and as a healer early in his ministry. His authority is being established, his reputation is spreading far and wide, and his power is on display. See, people of that time didn't, uh, they had to share their news word of mouth. They had to spread it to people who were traveling through town. And then those people took it on to their destinations. There was no internet, no TV news broadcasts, 
no Twitter, no Facebook. All news was spread by word of mouth. The people were astonished by his powerful works, and Jesus speaks, and amazing things happen. Unclean spirits are vanquished, people are healed, crowds are fed. Jesus is teaching everyone about God's amazing and life-giving love. Jesus is all about ridding us of everything that stands in our way of what Jesus and God intends for us. That's why he heals people, and that's some real power. So what does this mean for you? Jesus' power is stronger than all the other powers out there. He is stronger than the power to make bad choices, right? The power to be selfish and the power to be mean. God's kingdom is ruled by the power of love. And all the glory is to God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus do with his time when he was here on earth? I have some pictures to help you see what he what his works were. Here he's teaching, right? And here he's preaching. Here he's healing, one of the many miracles. Here he's feeding. And lastly, here he is loving. Everything he did was out of love. He cared for all people and taught everyone that God's love was there for all, right? No matter what, no matter who. So how can we be like Jesus now? Well, you have it in you to be more like him. And I have some pictures to show you of what that looks like. Here is teaching maybe going to a Sunday school class or being a Sunday school teacher or tutoring people. That's your way of teaching. And here's preaching, the wonderful gifts that our pastors give to us each week with their gift to share God's word with others. And here is healing. Nurses are healers, gods are healers, but so are friends and family healers. They speak to us, they listen to us, they care for us, and we need to care for each other. Here is feeding. I have a picture of when we donated all of the paper products uh, in, last year when we had our big Mount St. Our Saviors out there, and we brought all those items to Stepping Stones. And here we're feeding the 5,000 or uh, the Rotary Feeds event where we're packing food for those in need. And we even had a member of our congregation, a young member of our congregation, who chose to, in, in lieu of birthday gifts, have those people bring items for her to donate to others. That is definitely a way of feeding others and showing love. And here is our last loving. We're really good at loving each other. We made over 2,000 masks, I think up to 3,000 masks that were given out here in the community, which is amazing. And it wasn't just members of our own congregation who, who made those masks, but that ministry started here and that is how we give back to our communities.
Here's pictures of the kids writing letters to the shut-ins. Or in the past, we made decorations and brought them to the neighbors who could put them in their windows to bring joy and happiness to their days. So you see, we all have, us, have it in us to pass on God's love to everyone around us. Big or small, we can all show God's love to others. Let's end this time in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus and all his power to this world. Help us to find ways to share God's never-ending love for everyone. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Our first reading this morning is taken from the Psalms, Psalm 111, and we get to sing together our psalm for this day. We join together in singing our gospel acclamation. Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Beloved of God, grace and peace to you all. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We here in the United States have just been through an inauguration and a transfer of power from one administration to another. Such moments in time almost always raise questions about what the new administration's agenda will be and how the new administration will use and exercise its power. Inaugurations give presidents a chance to cast their vision for the future. They often call upon artists, musicians, and poets to help convey this vision. But after all of the pomp and circumstance, after all the speeches have been made and when the last of the fireworks have been shot off and the bunting taken down, it's time to get to the actual act of governing. And political pundits and citizens alike sit back to watch and see what the administration and what the newly elected Congress will actually do. In some sense, this is where we are in the gospel according to Mark. In a dramatic scene out in the wilderness with the heavens ripped apart, Jesus's ministry is inaugurated as he is baptized in the River Jordan. God's voice resounds over the scene with an affirmation of Jesus's identity as the beloved one. Just a few verses later in the story that we heard last week, Jesus gives his inaugural sermon, picking up on a theme preached by John the Baptist and by the prophets before him. Jesus casts a vision for his ministry. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Now is the time, Jesus insists. Look beyond the limits of what is to see what God sees, to see the world as is so beautifully envisioned in the words of the psalm that we just chanted this morning. A world of majesty and splendor and enduring righteousness, a world where faithfulness and justice can be depended upon. The reign of God on earth in the nations of the world, in our states and cities, in our communities and in our homes. The reign of God in our lives. After his sermon, Jesus gathered a group of people around him to help share and enact this vision. 
For those of you who have heard this story before, you know that this group of disciples are ordinary people, not perfect people. Sometimes their vision of the kingdom clashes with Jesus's vision. Sometimes they doubt Jesus's ability to do what he says he will do. Sometimes they misunderstand his words and intentions. But they are seized by Jesus, by his vision, by his purpose, by his mission, and they follow him. Not perfectly, but they follow. And as they follow, Jesus's vision of the world, his love and compassion for others, takes root and grows in them too. So now the first sermon has been preached and the disciples are gathered. And all this in the first 20 verses of the gospel, Mark, is such a fast-paced gospel. But I digress. Now all eyes are on Jesus. What will he do? How will Jesus exercise the power and authority that are uniquely his? This leads us to today's story. Jesus's first public act is an exorcism. For many of us who are reading and hearing the story today, we don't really know what to make of it. Jesus's actions seem connected to a worldview that we no longer adhere to, a world inhabited by spirits and demons. Trying to help modern readers make sense of the story, many interpreters have tried to look beyond the language of spirits and demons to talk instead about physical and mental illnesses. This moves these exorcism stories into the realm of Jesus's healing ministry, which is easier for us to approach and understand. It connects well, for example, with the very next story in the gospel which is a traditional healing story. It's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, who is sick in bed with a fever. I can't help but wonder, though, if we don't miss something about the radical nature of Jesus's mission and ministry when we soften this and other such stories into healing stories. It may be true that the man in today's story was suffering from a physical or mental illness and that Jesus's rebuke and exorcism of the spirit brings about physical and or mental healing. But there is more to this story than that. We don't have to buy into a first century worldview about spirits and demons to understand that the man in the story is under the sway of a force he cannot control or that there are forces in this world that seek to exert power and authority over our bodies and minds, both our individual bodies and minds and our collective, our communal lives and psyche. You have no doubt witnessed such forces at work in our world, forces like racism and, na and white nationalism, forces like homophobia and xenophobia and sexism, Forces like conspiracy theories and lies, forces like social media-driven echo chambers and consumerism have all impacted our collective life and can seem uncontrollable. And you've also been witness to the way a spirit of fear or panic or hopelessness or distrust or addiction can take over individual lives. 
such forces aren't new or unique to our moment in history. And if left unchecked, they can take over and possess our lives. They can interfere in our relationships with each other, cut us off from family and friends, and prevent us from living as fully as God intends, as fully as God wants us to be able to live. When the man with the unclean spirit confronts Jesus in the Capernaum synagogue on that Saturday, Jesus sees more than a man who has a physical or mental illness. He sees a man who has been possessed by a spirit that has taken over his life, one he cannot control. He has been cut off from family and is separated from God. This is the heart of the matter for Jesus. This is why an exorcism is such a fitting first act for Jesus's ministry and why we should not reduce it to just an act of physical or mental healing. God is literally willing to tear the heavens apart to get to us, to protect, defend, to liberate us from any and all forces that hold us hostage or that exert power or authority over us or that prevent us from living out our lives. This is what Jesus's ministry will do, what his death and resurrection will do. Jesus will break through whatever barriers, whatever boundaries exist to liberate us and to set us free, to save us and restore our relationships with each other and with God. On that Sabbath day, those in attendance in the synagogue marveled at Jesus's teaching and wondered about his authority, but not the unclean spirit. I know who you are, it says to Jesus, the Holy One of God. Jesus, you see, is no ordinary exorcist. He too is a man possessed, possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. And this is the source of Jesus's power and authority. What Jesus brings to this and to all situations is nothing else than the very presence of the living and holy God. What chance does the unclean spirit have? It's not even close to a fair fight. We might wonder what difference this exorcism makes in the grand scheme of things. Is it really such a good first act? After all, it's just one rebuked spirit in a small, out-of-the-way town in Galilee, in the north of Judea, which is itself a small backwater of the center of power on earth, at least at the time, the Roman Empire. Except that I am sure it made all the difference to the man the kingdom of God that Jesus has come to inaugurate and the Holy Spirit that Jesus bears is not only for emperors or governors or senators. The kingdom is for this unnamed Galilean man and for the disciples. It is for those in the synagogue who marvel and question Jesus. It is for Peter, Peter's mother-in-law, and for lepers and sinners, it is for Bartimaeus, Zacchaeus, and Nicodemus. It is for all the Marys, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary, the wife of Clopas. It is for the poor and the hungry, for the centurion who stands at the foot of the cross. 
It is for Republicans and Democrats and independents. It is for Americans and Europeans, Africans and Asians. It is for you and for me. This story today reminds us that there have been, that there are, and that there will continue to be forces at work in the world that seek to exert control and power over our bodies and minds. Forces that would seek to divide us from each other. Forces that would draw you and me away from God and from God's will. But there is one more powerful than all these forces. The Holy One of God has come and is with us. In Christ, we are not only liberated from the power such forces exert, we are filled with a new spirit, the spirit of Christ, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, a spirit of joy in the presence of God. This spirit is alive and fills you. A story is told of Martin Luther that when he felt under attack by the devil, he would throw an ink pot at the devil and shout, I am baptized. Whether the story about Luther is true or not, the sentiment is, as a baptized child of God, you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. And while there are still forces at work in the world that will seek to influence you, will seek to exert power and authority over you, the Holy Spirit will not abandon you to these forces. The kingdom of God has come near. The reign of God is for you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, has taken root, and continues to grow in you. Believe and share this good news. Let us pray. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, that as followers of Christ, we may help to reveal your liberating love, grace, mercy, and faithfulness to others. Amen. We join together in singing our hymn for this day, Rise, Shine, You People, hymn number 665.
one of the many ministries of our Savior's Lutheran Church is our prayer shawl and prayer pocket ministry. With each shawl and each prayer pocket made by members of our congregation, prayers for healing, for comfort, for peace are prayed. And those prayers accompany then every prayer shawl given, every pocket prayer shared. The purpose of this ministry is to surround people who are ill, undergoing treatment, recovering from illness or surgery, struggling in body, mind, or spirit, grieving a loss. If you know someone or are someone who would like to be wrapped in our prayers, please contact the church office, one of our parish nurses, or one of your pastors. These shawls and prayer pockets are an extension of our health ministry. Much thanks to the knitters and crocheters who have painstakingly created them. Today, as part of our worship, we pray for God's blessing upon these shawls and pocket prayers and upon all those who create these gifts, all those too who will receive them. Let us pray. Gracious God, in baptism, you call us to be your hands in the world. Today, we give thanks for the hands that have knit and crocheted these beautiful prayer shawls and pocket prayers, and for the love and prayers that have been woven into them. Bless these gifts, that those who receive them may indeed be wrapped in the healing power of your love and our love. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Guided by Christ, made known to the nations, let us offer our prayers for the church, for the world, for all people in need. After each prayer petition, we sing together, Lord, listen to your children praying. God of all, we pray for those who share the gospel and proclaim freedom in Christ throughout the world, especially prophets, teachers, pastors, deacons, and lay leaders. Support the work of your church as it ministers to all in need of your liberating power. God of the earth, we marvel at the work of your hands. Teach us to protect and care for the wonders of this world, for plants and animals, water and soil, forests and farms, that all life might flourish. We pray to the Lord. state and local government. Lead them by your wisdom that they may work with diligence and compassion on behalf of the communities they serve. 
We pray, too, for those who work in the legal profession, that by their advocacy all people may know and experience justice. God of healing, we pray for those who are sick and hospitalized, for those struggling with mental illness, for those who are hungry or hopeless, and for all those in need, especially those known to us, as we lift up this morning, Audric Boer, Lynn Dickman, Brad Wozniak, David Bauer, Martha Bauer's nephew, the family of Levi Teagarden, Brian Miller's grandfather, and the family of Janet Went, who died this past week. Send your spirit of peace and wholeness to them and to all who cry out to you in need. We pray to the Lord. we pray for this congregation that through your spirit we may be united with each other even while we remain physically separated encourage us in our shared life of prayer and service God of new life we give thanks for all the baptized for those preparing for baptism and for those who have died in you as we remember today Janet, Janet Went and Levi Teagarden God of mercy, hear the prayers of your people, spoken or silent, for the sake of the one who dwells among us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray to the Lord. So the Lord be with you always. And also with you. I invite you to share a sign of peace with any you may be gathered with this morning for worship as we share a sign of peace here with one another and send you to our prayers, our peace, our love. Peace be with you. We thank you for your continued generosity, for all the ways that you support the work of helping those in need here in our greater community and in the ongoing ministry of our Savior's Lutheran Church. Your support remains vital. We continue to follow in the ways and work of Jesus. We welcome your offering to OSL and to our shared ministry. You are invited to send your offering to our church office 
or use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. If you have not yet gathered bread and wine or juice for Holy Communion, I invite you to do so now. As we sing together our offertory, let the vineyards be fruitful. Let us pray. O oh God, receive these gifts as you receive us, like a mother receives her child with arms open wide. Nourish us anew in your tender care and empower us in faithful service to tend to others with this same love. Through Jesus Christ, our saving grace. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Here in this meal, the Holy One of God, Jesus Christ, is present with us and for us. I invite you to share these gifts with one another or to receive these gifts yourself. This is the body of Christ given for you the blood of Christ shed for you. As you share Holy Communion at home, we hear a gift of special music from Merlin and Michaela, who will be playing Lord Whose Love in humble service.
The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Christ Jesus, in this meal we have feasted on your very life and are strengthened for our journey. Send us forth from this banquet nourished in body and in spirit to proclaim your good news and serve others in your name. Amen. As you go forth into the rest of your day, go forth with this blessing. God, the Creator, strengthen you. Jesus, the Beloved, fill you, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, keep you in peace. Amen. Before we send you off to the rest of your day, I share with you uh, a few announcements to brief you, the ministers of OSL. I remind you that Matin's morning prayer continues on Wednesday mornings via Zoom with Pastor Sarah. You are welcome at any time to join in. Simply contact Pastor Sarah to learn how. Our annual congregational meeting will take place two weeks from now, Sunday, February 14th at 9.45 a.m., and we will be meeting virtually this year. An email will be sent out to you the week prior to the meeting with a digital copy of our annual report and a link um, to join that Zoom annual meeting. There will also be an option for you to simply call in to the meeting via phone if that works better for you. A link to that meeting also can be found on the front page of our website. Now, if you would like a hard printed copy of the annual report, um, simply contact the church office. We will print one for you, and then you can make arrangements to pick up a copy of that report. Ash Wednesday is coming soon. February 17th, we'll enter into the season of Lent. And for this year, we will be hosting a virtual worship service for Ash Wednesday via Zoom, starting at 6.30 p.m. that evening. Um, and this year, we plan to include a time to share communion in that virtual gathering, that worship service. A link to Ash Wednesday worship can be found on the front page of our website. Again, that worship will be live 6.30 p.m. February 17th. I continue to remind you that if you have a prayer concern or you would like to visit um, virtually with one of our parish nurses over the phone with one of your pastors, please reach out to us. We are here for you. You can find all our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We conclude our worship this morning as we sing our sending hymn, Jesus Shall Reign, hymn number 434, and we will sing verses 1 through 3 together.
Go in peace. Be the light of Christ. Thanks be to God.